0: Welcome to the of Bands Podcast with your host, Michael Torres. This album is pretty sick though. There's a lot of elements in it that, like I think I told you in the email too, like our nostalgic feeling and I've just been jamming it a lot, obviously the last time and then leading up to, to right now, um, but I'm stoked to talk about it and just dive all around into it.
1: Well, I'm ready to talk about I, I love the album too, and I—it's I, like a thing that I think about a lot. So it'll actually probably be nice for me to like have a reason to get the things off my chest about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hell yeah. Um, any any questions before we get started? I don't think so. Super
1: good. All right. Hell yeah.
0: Uh, do you have a an uncracked drink in front of you by chance? Hell yeah, Lacroix.
1: Yeah, I've been obsessed with these lemon lim- the Lacroix things. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll crack them. We'll I'll do the little intro and bring you right in. Swag.
2: Overwhelmed and underdressed. Make the most of waking up because it sure beats being dead. I think right until I'm off the brink. Finished, then I'm on again. Dressing trauma up in hooks that you can sing along with friends. Metaphysic medicine, the answers in your outlook. My monarch makes me turn it into coins for my house and all the food that I eat and all the places I sleep. Thank God my brain doesn't work or I would starve in the street. It still beats me how I manage moving both of my feet when the heart of this antithesis is anything, but sorry, beg your pardon. Can I please have my mess and eat it too crazy- What is up
0: everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Beers of Bands. Uh this one is, is a fun episode. Not only is it the last episode of August, but this is someone that um you've heard about on these episodes. Uh finally coming on. Uh if you remember back when we when we sit down with Limp Wizards and we talked about uh they kinda had like a little fun little feature and I'm sitting down with the the man, the myth legend himself, S3D, how you doing?
1: good i'm a myth. i'm okay with man and legend but myth. i'm a pretty open (laughs) book
0: okay (laughs) um for people that aren't aware uh s reedy is a you are like an alt rap artist from uh norman oklahoma you know repping that norman scene and uh i I think i liked i I can't remember which uh description it said it but it, it was like uh rap songs for the sleepy yeah uh, which which i really love that little tagline but um i mean you 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 just put out a new album uh back in june and it's fucking sick so i'm stoked to, to be talking to
1: you about it i'm so good, dude like I, I really enjoy your work i've listened to a lot of your episodes before i listen. i think the first one i listened to was arm's length like way back in the day so like oh, uh shit, yeah yeah and so um you know, I haven't listened to every episode, but especially when folks I know and folks I enjoy are on, I I I always am giving it a listen. So I'm stoked to be here. Like, so this is not like a long time coming for me, but like I always thought that maybe I'd end up here, and I'm glad I have.
0: Hell yeah! Well, I'm stoked to have you on. Um, well, well, Sean, I mean, like like we already mentioned, you 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 know, you're covering this uh this rap scene that's in Norman, which, you know, prior to limp wizards uh i didn't know norman had any sort of a music scene there um kind of i'd say not fully started in the beginning but like kind of started the beginning of like what got you into doing this rap project um out of especially you're being friends with all these dudes that are like in pop punk and emo bands like what do you what made you take this other route
1: that's a really good question I mean, like, well, it's not a question I haven't been asked before, but like that specifically is interesting because like, I mean, like it's not too complicated. I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of punk rock bands and indie rock bands and Nor- Norman has a very like hipstery indie scene. It's like always what we've kind of been known for. And then uh like the last few years, it's really diversified and stuff. But like, I mean, like, especially like I always joke, that like the fact that like, you know, people will call me like the face of like Norman rap. If like, I was completely not me. And then someone told me that like, oh, this is like the Norman rap guy. And then it was a picture of me. I be like, yeah, that makes sense. Some like long brown hair that like, looks like he's super sad. Like that makes sense. But like, um, so that's kind of always been Norman's vibe. Um, I grew up listening to a lot of the same stuff that everyone else did that comes on here lot of blink 182 and some 41 and my chemical romance and all that that was a lot of my youth and then um just being a kid with an acoustic guitar that had just like a lot of creative like fire inside him I just wrote a lot of really angsty breakup songs and like you know just really like emotional music that like I can't I really don't even know like it was very like I mean like grew up in church too so it was very inspired by like big anthemic worship music as well I feel like and so when I got to be about 19 I really started to just hate all everything I was doing I was like I'm like I'm in the same loop of just writing like songs about girls and just like you know these like lame feelings I'm having I just started to grow out of it I was ready to completely just flip over and i was just listening to a lot of rap music at the time is really the only reason i ended up here is that that's just the thing that i was really into um around 2014 and so and then like also i wanted to like have music with a message and like a purpose that was like you know i had a lot to say and hip-hop gives you a lot of room to say everything that you're feeling it's like wordy as it gets so like i was you know that's I think what attracted me to it the most and like how interesting the underground scene was in 2014 um, was really what inspired me to take this route. And then just nine years later, I mean, I just never quit. Like it was just, I don't know. And it's, it's really weird because like growing up where I'm from, like, I don't know, like there was a rap scene, but I was completely outside of it. I was a complete outsider to it. Um, and luckily, like the people here that like have made hip hop music, the hip hop community, they welcome me with open arms and everything. But I really was like completely outside of it for so long. And I had to learn a lot of things about like what that culture is like and everything weaving into it, maintaining my punk roots and everything. Um, But uh, so it, it was it was a little bumpy at first, but then we we got to where we are now. And I'm really happy with where I am today. And then like, I feel like the the bridge and the connection point that i have between like diy emo punk and rap and stuff it's I, i'm really proud of what i've done so far and like i feel like it's still just the beginning
0: hell yeah dude i mean that that's awesome that you kind of uh, fell into that it's also nice too that at 19 you were like okay i'm kind of overwriting these songs about fucking like, <laughs> being sad about girls and shit when there's dudes that are like 30, pushing 40 that are still doing that, trying to be, like, relevant. Uh, everyone knows a band. Like, I don't even have to mention a name, but everyone knows a band that's doing it. And at a certain point, it does get kind of God just like, them. okay. Yeah, like, at a certain point, though, it kind of gets to the, like, okay, this is overdone. We need to, like, kind of move on and progress with our lives. Um, so it's awesome that you were able to, at that age, be like, okay, this chapter is fucking done. We need to move on, do something else. And then, I mean, I feel like I kind of grew up kind of similar to you where I listened to a lot of like pop punk emo stuff, but I was also, you know, trying to be as well versed in like um, rap as I and hip hop as I could. Um, I remember I would, I don't know if you remember the, the website datpiff. It, I think it's still out there too. Um, the amount of like fucking uh, uh, just mixtapes that I would download and just listen through uh, just to try and get a feel for stuff that wasn't fully mainstream. Um, I I unfortunately don't have the the rhythm, I feel like, to, you know, put like a sentence together with a beat. You know, everyone's tried to <laughs> put on a beat and try and do something and I, I don't have it. But the nice thing is with your stuff, it's like, it's not full on like in your face. It's more like this melodic rap to it, which, I mean, it's also super sick. It, it reminds me of, uh, especially like the last song on on the record. Um, Bartiz Stranger Things uh, really reminded me of the, this rapper name on cue, um, and like it, that's why I said when when we first talking about this that this all feels really nostalgic for me. So it's, I mean you're, you're killing it right now, and I'm stoked on this on this fucking record. Um, the record that we're talking about, since I kind of just jumped right into it, is called is uh, <laughs> called the Secret Album, uh, and it came out mid June, and now uh, I mean kind of. I'm all over the place, obviously, today, Uh, but this came out in mid-June, this being your most recent uh, full-length. What's the response been on this?
1: It's been cool. Um, I just saw a write-up the other day that said that I, like, they are like, S. Rudy really, like, quietly put out this record. And I was like, dang, well, I didn't do a good job then, did I? Like, (laughs) I do feel like, I don't know, there was something about, here's the thing, this album was written and finished uh, maybe not finished a year ago, but it was written and recorded a year ago. Okay. And so I I mixed it and mastered it and everything. And I just had this in my head that I needed to make the rollout for this album perfect because I was just really proud of it. And then um, I put out an EP in November called um, I'll Be Happy When I'm Older. I actually wrote and recorded all those songs after that album. And I put that EP out as like a placeholder for this album so i just had a little more time to think about how i wanted to release it and like i don't know long story short like the branding for this thing changed like a hundred times i'm just like independent artist. i'm doing this all myself i really wanted to figure out a way to really make this stick and uh i don't know like so that being said um the reception's been really good i feel like anyone's finding out about this record though, like I kinda of hoped it would. That's the only part that's disappointing for me. And and like the where I what I landed on, I think is great. I think the album cover's great. I think the Starman is awesome. Like, you know, I feel like everything, all the businessy stuff with it, like I feel like the aesthetic of the record is really good. But you know, maybe there was a few things like not putting out like some of the videos I wanted to. Maybe my press releases just weren't as good this time around or something. I was thinking about, you know the website rate your music, right? Yeah. Like my, my last full length album had like twenty something, you know, like ratings on it, <laughs> and like I've never really looked at that website ever, but like I always like look at my thing when I want to just hurt my feelings and just oh everyone's rating my stuff, and so like I like when that record came out, that kind of was a hit on my self esteem how low people were rating that record, but like this record's not even on Rate Your Music yet, which that hurts my feelings even more. I think I don't that like the people. That like want to be snobby, like they're not even hearing it yet. So I don't know. It still just came out. I'm still trying to like tell myself, like, people are still finding out about this. The album release show that I'm doing is this Friday as I'm recording this podcast. And so like I'm still, you know, doing things I can to promote it and everything. I still like feel like people are finding out about it. I just wish I would have done a better job, maybe uh with like press and stuff. This is the first interview I've done for it. Um, so I guess we're still just working on it. But as far as my core fan base and everyone that already listens to me, I feel like everyone's really enjoyed it, which has been nice because uh, like you were talking about, a lot of my music is pretty melodic and stuff. And uh, this is like probably my first proper real like rap hip hop album that like, you know, it still has like the tinges of emo and punk in it. But like, I feel like for the most part, it's like a rap album. And I think um, shifting a little bit that way, I was a little nervous how people would like it, but they really responded well to it.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, this came across great. Um, For people that haven't checked it out, um, I mean, one, what are you doing? This episode's you know coming out late August. You should have listened to this already. Uh, But it's a solid nine track. It's only, I think, like 18 minutes. So it's not like it doesn't it's not like super overly long for an LP. It's just that I feel like almost sweet spot because you get done with it and you're kind of like, oh, it's kind of done already. And then you kind of want to start it again to be like, I don't feel like I got enough out of this to and then you keep listening to it. Um, there's a lot of elements throughout this that I really loved. Um, like I talked about the the uh, very last song kind of remind me of uh, a, a rapper called On Q, but then you also have this one kind of like storytelling song, um, which, you know, anyone that is fans of like Loud Dispute and how they tell their stories will get a kick out of that. Um, also, like I also, if for, if anyone's like more on the rap side, um, it definitely felt like, a, I don't know if you listen to Bud Man at all, um kind of reminded me of one of his songs which uh like i, I kind of love those little storytelling style songs just because they're you, you never expect it to to pop up and then it's just kind of yeah. cool just to kind of get the visuals right in your face as it goes through um obviously you worked with uh, a producer on this one um called uh sunny mac and i mean how did you come up how did you uh make that partnership with sunny mac to to
1: work on this Man, praise the Lord for Sonny Mac, dude. Shout out Sonny Mac from Wales. Produced all the beats on this record. Um, he's, like, just literally so crazy to stay. And you literally can listen to this album for 30 seconds to realize how good of a producer he is. Like, and the things that he brought out, like, I'm eternally thankful for. Like, like all the crazy, like, animated rapping that I'm doing on this that I've never done before. Like, just it just came flowing out of me because its production is so good i just found him on i just found one of his beats on youtube i'll just you know when i'm like you know maybe in a creative drought or something i'll just be finding beats on youtube just to freestyle to just to write to whatever i wrote um a rap to one of his beats that i just found on his youtube channel and i just threw it up on like twitter and stuff and i just tagged him in it and i and i was hoping that he would see it and enjoy it i really didn't know if he would but I mean, he ended up liking it a lot. And we just um, connected that way. And we just so um, at the top of 2022. He was like, he he showed me this like whiteboard of, of rappers he wants to send beats to. And like, I was on the list. He's like, yo, dude, just so you know, like sometime this year, I w- I'm going to be sending you some beats sometime soon. I was like, okay, sick. I didn't really think anything of it. If he got to it, that would be great. But like, You know, if he didn't or if he just didn't get around to it, whatever, that'd be fine. But then uh later on around that summer he sent me eight beats. He sent me a folder of eight beats and I listened to all of them and I was like, Dog, can I I'm I'm just gonna use all of them if that's okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you wanna make it like a collab record? I was like, Yes, I do. Like I would love to like make this a collab record, like both of us like like this record is just as much your record as mine and he's like okay well just send me whatever you got and I made a I made a commitment to myself I was like I'm gonna write this album in a week like I don't like I'm gonna demo out this album in a week like I'm just gonna rip through it like no matter what um I spent a lot of just like I I did not sleep that week hardly at all like in the zone and just Thing about man, like I swear it was the God thing or something. There was some bigger thing happening where like just all eight of those beats like were perfect. And like the way that like I'm pretty sure the way that I wrote the album is like the order of the record, too. I mean, just something was happening where it just the way that, that out like and you I mean you've heard the record. I mean, I think it flows really well together. Oh, yeah. And, and like, you know, all the beats are different enough but they're the same enough to where it feels like you're like experiencing just a movement, like a flow of consciousness. And like the way I wrote the songs was also the sequence of the record by the time it was done. And just like, I don't know, something was just special that week. Um, And so I read through and I was just like, you know, and at the time I didn't know if I was going to like it or not. I was just like, we're just going to make this album in a week, just as a challenge, just as some way to push myself. If I hate it, I'll just throw it away. And then it ended up being, like, probably, like, the best record I've ever done, which is, like, super sick. And, like, um, I hardly changed anything to it after um, I did all those demos. And then uh, I just mixed and mastered it myself. And then we put, we put the record out. And then that's how it worked. And then so, yeah, shout out to Sonny Mac. I couldn't do this without him at all.
0: Dude, that's fucking crazy that you sat and you basically wrote out this entire album within a week. Like, is that something that you normally do? Or is it, was it just like for this one, you're just like, okay, I'm, I just have this feeling. I just need to do this in this time
1: frame. At the time, I was just writing songs really slow. And so, um, like, it was just taking me like a week to get one song done, which I think to some people that that's probably maybe a regular pace or maybe, you know, just normal for them. But it was really slow for me. And so I was, I just didn't like like how my workflow was going at the time so i just decided to take it a complete the other way just to challenge myself so that's how that ended up happening and like i said like i didn't know if it was going to be like it was going to be what it was um i just wanted to you know and just the fact that like all those all eight beats that he sent me i used and i liked all the songs enough to sequence it into an album that like works um it was like i, did, I just didn't know something special like i There was just a lot going on that just beyond me. I feel like when I was writing that record, and just I was going through a lot at the time too. And um, you know, there's a lot of like lyrics about like you know the social political climate and everything, and just like uh, you know what it means to be an artist, and like you know obviously just regular like mental health things that I've been through, and like you know the storytelling aspect. And I appreciate the Law dispute comparison. That's actually sick. I haven't thought about that. But I do agree that, oh, Captain does have like a lot of beauty type of like, yeah, the same type of storytelling. I think that that's the mm-hmm. same person. Um, that's something I had never done before. And like, yeah, so like it was a crazy, yeah, sweaty week. It was in June, I think, when I record. So my house was really hot as well. But. Um, yeah, and so I haven't done anything like that since, but you know uh you know maybe when the time's right, maybe when I just have that intuition to do it again, maybe something similar will happen
0: yeah, uh, kind of bouncing off what you said too about like the whole sequence for for the the album that was one thing I really noticed uh was that everything just flows so well where um I think it's even going from like maybe dancing queen to hot dog or it might be hot dog to keep going but like the the transition between songs is so seamless where you don't really realize it's it's switch songs until like you're already maybe like a few seconds into it and you're like oh wait this is a this is a different song and that's the shit that i fucking love because sometimes you'll listen to to some like rapid hip-hop albums and you can still there's a clear difference between songs and it's like bro like you sequenced it this way let them flow like they should and like this flowed so fucking well into each other that i'm like i was just kind of like mind blown with some of them
1: dude but thank you yeah that's something i'm really proud of on this record i've like um so this is my fourth studio record and i feel like the other three well the second one was called uh tape and that was definitely like i was just like doing all types of songs and that was just kind of a hodgepodge of thing. so i didn't really think about the sequence because i didn't care because it was supposed to be like that but the sequencing is just something i haven't taken like super seriously before but i've kind of just feel like i have halfway been in it and so to like really lock down and really like intentionally make songs that go back to back to back really well um that was something that that was new to me and I feel like I, I did a really good job I'm proud of what I did and I'm glad that like you see that and you can appreciate it but um it's something I've always appreciated just as a music lover so like I was not like you know like a foreign concept to me as like you know and I'm a producer as well so like since I mix and master and like you know I've I've made most of my beats before this record um I kind of already had an idea of how that worked. And so, um, yeah, it's another thing. It's another part of the record that I'm also really proud of. I'm glad that you dig it.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, one fun thing I, I wanted to ask um, obviously, in the song Dancing Queen Part 2, um, you kind of mentioned how you hope the TikTok kids will dance to this song. Um, have you noticed any t- TikTok kids dancing to this song? And mm-hmm. why did you want them to dance to this song?
1: <laughs> nary, nary a TikTok kid has been that song of course. <laughs> my, my uh not like the cool swoopy hair kids who wear like chain t-shirts and stuff that would get on and and bang. <laughs> you no, know, i don't feel like i mean like even when i wrote that a year ago i feel like t- songs don't even blow up on tiktok for dances anymore anyway i feel like maybe the like someone does a dance it catches on as a trend and then people like the song thing i feel like that might have been dead like a year and a half ago i feel things are just moving so fast but um i don't know i've always like i so i had that chorus as an idea in my head for a while just it's it's just funny to me that like i hope the tiktok kids dance to this one because i gotta pay my rent (laughs) like And then, like, you know, as I wrote the verse to that song, I realized that I was writing about, like, that was a very meta song about being an artist and everything like that. And so, like, I started to sing um, that chorus over that beat, and then it worked perfectly. And then, like, especially the way that that... Like, it just had that really nice... Like rhythm to it that like made me just feel like really yelling it and fluctuating my voice and doing like
2: pay my rent, <laughs> like,
1: and I feel like everything it all came together really well. And so on that song, I really uh, had everything that I wanted to say in that verse and chorus. So that's why I had Fat Tony do the first verse, and he raps a lot about being an artist and just like the life of being an artist on the song too. So I'm like, yeah, it was cool that he. Did that and it was cool that he even wanted to be on the song I'm a big fan of Fat Tony and um, so yeah that's how that song came together but uh, Nary a TikTok kid like I said has danced to that song so far I'm, I maybe have plans in the future to, to restore the idea to save the idea that maybe I could force some, some kids to if we have like a contest or something but you know someone is going to dance to that song on TikTok at one point at least one person
0: well, everyone listening, make sure you go find that song on TikTok and yeah,
1: go you know, we'll find your 6 <laughs> old like cousin with like thousands <laughs> of followers for no reason, and yeah. then show him the song, and then maybe I throw some bread his way if he like you know promises me he'll like work really hard on a, a TikTok for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you had a, I think I saw you had another contest going, uh, and I don't know if anyone's uh, completed this one because this one's kind of more of a serious one. I think it was to get the the Starman tattooed on
1: their face. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on the face. Okay. Well, uh, that was so funny. I don't know. I don't know if this person wanted me sharing the information, so I just won't say their name. The funniest thing about that is that I would pay for half of a tattoo if anybody went and got Starman tattooed on them. That's how I refer to my logo as Starman. Like I just I call it Starman. I feel like people haven't caught on that that's just its name like Starman. but i was people just kids kept asking me like do i have your permission to tattoo this on me i'm like "Dude, like you don't need my permission to like (laughs) i mean i guess like they just think like since it's my work they don't want to like make like you know you know and maybe it means something different to them than just an reedy album and so they just want to make sure and i was so yeah i made that post i was like if anyone wants to get this tattooed, absolutely. It. And in fact, I think it'd be so sick. I will literally pay for half the tattoo to the first person who sends it to me. Well, I got a DM like, days later. Someone did a stick and poke on their arm. A beautiful stick and poke, mind you. It's like huge and like so well done. And, like, dog, I, pay, I like offered to pay for <laughs> a profession. And this person is like, a, like, they clearly know what they're doing. And they did a great job. But, like, they didn't get any money out of the deal. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to compensate them since they – but someone did find – I finally got a Star tattoo. It's pretty sick. I'm hoping that more come along soon.
0: That's fucking awesome. Uh, Like, I – like, yeah. So I just do this podcast, and the only time anyone's going to get something of one of my logos tattooed is – just it's going to be me getting it tattooed on myself. So, like <laughs> – but to have someone – Take something that you made and put with your work and put it out into the world, and they felt so passionate about it to be like, I want to get this tattooed on me. Like, that's fucking amazing. Like, I have a, a touche amore stick and poke oh, here, uh, which, yeah, it's stick and poke, but it, it, sometimes, like, it probably, I'm going to say in this person's defense, uh, like, I got mine stick and poke because it meant more to get it stick and poke than it did to get, like, it actually done yeah like it's it's more diy and it like and and like it just makes it that like level of cooler right this is like a shitty stick and poke that someone did and like their living room while we just sat there and drank a bottle of like captain so like yeah but uh but
1: yeah <laughs> so yeah i have stick and pokes on my feet as well like um like yeah i totally understand that sense of pride that you get from that and um yeah and like i said this person that did it, it was like super like they super knew what they were doing and like um it looks tight it's just so funny that like i offered to pay half of it and they just went off on but yeah i'll send you a picture of it later it's really cool um yeah i mean it's tight yeah but like yeah stick and pokes are sick too i did I did some on my feet myself um and it hurt really bad and like i don't know i have respect for people who can do them really well because the ones on my feet are terrible and uh, but like they still mean a lot to me though yeah.
0: Uh I mean I got bad respect for anyone that does it on themselves. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's a different <laughs> Like I have a friend that uh he he got a tattoo gun and he wanted to like start like learning how to tattoo, so he did like a lot of shit on his own, like legs. And I can't like I've I have both my thighs pretty like pretty big pieces on my thighs, but I can't imagine sitting at like a table by myself and forcefully doing it like like, like my reactions would just be, like, dude, like, wanting to slap my own hand and tell me to stop. And, yeah. like, props to anyone that could fucking do that shit.
1: Dude, yeah, people, like, because I have them, like, right on my heel, too, like, right where the bone is. And it just hurt really bad. But, like, I don't know. I just didn't care. And so, yeah, yeah. people really look at me sideways when they realize, like, <laughs> you did that yourself. I also, like, it was funny because I did it. I just kind of figured I would know how to do it. And then, like, I looked up how to do it later because I was like, you know what? I want to, like, actually make sure that, like, maybe I did this okay. And, like, I opened this video and they were like, like, within a minute, they were like, you're going to want to go get this kind of ink. What you don't want to do is go to Hobby Lobby, the cheapest ink they have. But I did. I was like, but it's still there. It's been like five years.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Uh, man it's always fun like but it, i mean it didn't have any problems with it like felt fine afterwards right
1: no yeah dung for sure and like you know it was super uneven because like you know like it was just very inconsistent so it would yeah. sting different places longer but <laughs> it ended up fine and i'm like i'm like really happy with them they're just it's just a smiley face and then an upside down smiley face on the other foot okay tight um
0: kind of jumping back into this album you called it the secret album uh, yeah. what was the meaning behind calling by giving it this title
1: um it 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 was just i've been telling people it's just because like when i wrote this record it started to feel just about the things that we keep inside you know like all these things that like um what's what's the record where, what's the song where i say if if i say uh, it's um halloween on christmas I say I'm afraid if I say it then it's real life
0: Hmm.
1: I feel like a lot of the times when we deal with as people that we um we keep it to ourselves because we're afraid that if we say it out loud or talk to somebody about it then it becomes real like if it's just up here then like at least it's not like a thing that like people know about or like concerned about like if it's just up here then like at least it's like just not in the real world it's not in this tangible space where like you know anyone knows about it or like people can ask you about it it's just this thing you're dealing with and then uh you know and i think that there's validity to maybe both ways of going about things but the secret album secret calling it secret album is a lot of these things are just things that i just i'm scared talk about if i can be blunt about it like it's like a lot of like you know growing up a lot of that switch that i was talking about earlier um from you know guitar music to hip-hop i mean a lot of that came from this place where i was starting to realize around like age 19 like there's like things that are mentally wrong with me like i don't i don't want to use that word language wrong you know what i'm saying like i don't want to like make it sound like there's something wrong with me but i'm maybe differently wired than people or like you know and like i started to keep all those things to myself when i was younger it ended up putting me in like a really dark place um and as i started to come to terms with it i don't know i just realized that i was way less alone than i thought I was, like i feel like every single person is just mentally screwed up in one way or the other and like so that was that became a big inspiration part Point for my music and uh so when i finish this record i feel like um you know just putting that emphasis on the things that we keep to ourselves uh and whether or not that's healthy or unhealthy i feel like there could be a conversation on that but like you know the secrets that we have i, I feel like that's what the record was about so that's why it was called secret album i thought it just sounded sick it's just sounds like a <laughs> sick like marketable you know, like, ooh, secret out, what does that mean? And say, like, what is the secret, you know? And figuring out, like, the secret of the album is, like, a fun, intriguing thing for, like, to do, so, like, uh, and then, like, you know, I'll have, like, the secret release show, the secret tour is all work, so, like, you know, just, like, it sounds cool, too, as, like, dark as it is, it also just, I think, sounds sick. Yeah. Uh,
0: speaking of, like, secret tour, I know you just played, the past couple days down in Texas, um, like, obviously you're playing probably most of this album. What were those shows like to, you know, kind of bring the the secret album to the stage uh, to, to some people over the weekend?
2: Yeah, it's been cool.
1: Um, I've had a couple of local shows here since the record came out, but I haven't headlined anything yet. That'll be this Friday, kind of like I was talking about earlier. Um, July 28th is when my album release show would have been. And uh, I wish I could talk about it. I'm planning a lot of super special things with it. But, you know, the people listening will just have to follow me to see what that uh, show is like, because it will be well documented. But uh, I headlined a couple of shows in in, in Texas um, doing, yeah, mostly the new record. And it's been really cool. Uh, A few, like, show details were, like, mixed up and stuff. I was supposed to be playing in Houston on Friday. That ended up not happening. So I ended up playing in uh, this place called Denton, Texas. Um, And then uh, it was kind of last minute. So mostly it was just like core people who have already been listening for a while that were there. Uh, But they showed up. I was glad I could give them a good time and stuff. I played uh, with this band Loretto, too, and this place called Frisco, Texas, the day after. And that show was really sick. It was a good mix of like people that they brought out, people I brought out. And, uh, it was, it was a good packed out show. I think there's probably about a hundred people there. And, uh, a lot of people who didn't know my stuff too, that it was sick getting to be able to introduce, you know, my music to a big group of people, but also have enough people there that, uh, my stuff to know the lyrics to like, at least some of my older songs and stuff. It was a good weekend. Yeah. So it's been good. The secret album stuff sounds a lot different from, my last three records because i produced most of the beats on them and so i've kind of been a little insecure about how different it is but no one seems to care or notice besides me so that's probably just in my head but in my head i kind of feel like oh these songs are like like there's no way to like flow them into a set other than can, like play all back to back to back but like even when i don't do that people don't seem to like care or notice so that's probably just in my head yeah
0: uh, well it's just like if if uh, someone's playing and like they internally mess up something the crowd's never gonna notice unless like right. you tell them so as long as you keep having a good time and showing that you're having a good time no one's gonna really notice that like maybe something sound doesn't flow perfectly <laughs> into the next song right. just do your thing they're gonna love it either way i
1: thought the vibe shit from song four to five was <laughs> on do you think maybe you should switch it yeah right yeah, and I tell my homies that play shows all the time, I'm just like, dog, like, the really technical, like, parts of, like, if you mess up something or not, like, does not matter, like, it's like the vibe, it's the, it's the feeling of, like, everything going around you that matters, like, so even if you mess up, now, messing up can lead to a terrible vibe and a terrible, like, you know, atmosphere to be, if it, like, is that distracting, but yeah, absolutely, 90% of the time. For the most part it's way more about like the energy you're cultivating than like being like technically proficient yeah.
0: uh, and then obviously you know we're gonna this recording's happening you know before the secret show and you said like some things are cooking with it obviously everything will be documented so everyone can go back and watch the you know like the uh the 30 for 30 or whatever you know network I... is picking it up for for the documentary but yeah. what are some things that like you're doing special for this uh for the secret album release show.
1: Um right, yeah. So um we're doing like a lot of like I'm making like Starman cookies. Uh I'm gonna be I'm I'm putting together uh like an outfit that I'm 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 really proud of. Doing a lot more like showy outfitty type stuff uh for this record and everything. This is actually right here, this is a poncho. I don't know if you saw (laughs) the, on the record, I did like a little photo shoot in the forest with this on and like, you know, different, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really in the beginning stages of learning how to maybe like visually um, present myself in terms of like, um, you know, clothes because that's never been something that I cared about. But then I realized like over the last like two years, I'm like every person that I listen to and like, like cares about how they like visually represent themselves, be, be that clothes or music videos or whatever, everything. So I started to try to like be a little more fashionable. That's going to be part of the show. Uh, JB is performing. Who's an Oklahoma hip hop legend. Um, he's incredible. Stepmom is playing really awesome. Feminist punk uh, from Oklahoma city as well. They're going to be opening the show. Really special thing about the show for me is that it's going to be at this uh, coffee shop called Grey Owl Coffee. And uh, I spend every single day there. Uh, that's like my home away from home. Um, and they are no- they normally close at six o'clock. But this is like a super special case where they're going to be open um, late into the night to do this show specifically. So that's also something that's super special about it for me. Um, should be, should be having, uh, physical copies of the record for the first time at this show as well. Just a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm putting into it. And so, um, it would be sick if maybe we could, you know, have a live tattoo guy there giving people star (laughs) me and like, you know, even bigger stage production stuff that like, you know, like we'll see when it happens, but like, I still got a lot of stuff planned and I'm still like reaching out to people to see how crazy we can make it so
0: dude fuck yeah well i hope it's a hell of a time obviously you know like i'm in minnesota otherwise i that sounds like a hell of a time that i would definitely try and be at uh so hopefully you know uh the town pops off and it's just a solid time
1: i think it will we've already sold a lot of tickets so uh, i'm really stoked on it yeah fuck yeah
0: um before we kind of transition, I know we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, your backstory, some about the Secret Album. But is there anything I missed between, like, S. d Lore or the Secret Album that you want the people to know about? I know you kind of talked about earlier how there's a lot that you've been wanting to talk about. And I just want to make sure we hit on everything you wanted to discuss.
1: No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, just Secret Album is just really, like, I don't know. It, it's the first thing that, like, all my all my music is truly like, you know, my children or whatever, but like secret album really feels like, I don't know. It feels like, kind of just feels like my first album. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel, I always feel like I've wanted to achieve so much more than just DIY rap hometown hero guy, you know? And like, especially all the local love I've got, maybe the last couple of years has been like crazy and awesome. Um, but like, I've always aimed for higher than that. And, um, I feel like to get there, there's a certain, I don't know, there's a certain level of like quality that like I'm trying to get towards. And I feel like secret album might be the first time that I've like really nailed this like front to back piece of work that I think is like, would, you know, even though it's not turning too many heads right at this very moment, I feel like it's a thing were to find it, this is like a record that people would show their friends and they would want to be like a part of, you know what I mean? And uh so I feel like in a way, you know, like I said, it almost feels like my first record in a way. And I feel like I've been on chapter one of my story this whole nine years that have led up to it. Um but I got a lot more music on the way too and like, you know, I know that like, you know, these things take time and everything's a process and I'm just I don't know. That's all I really have to say about that, I guess. Yeah, I'm super proud of it. And I'm stoked that you liked it enough to have me on. And I'm glad that, like, you know, uh, I'm glad that, like, everything that you're saying is, like, things that I would like people to see in it. So I'm glad that I'm doing that right.
0: Hell yeah. Well, you know, it's awesome that you're killing it. And I I understand what you're saying where this, where how you're saying that this feels like their first album. I think it's, I think what uh, you're saying, if if anyone's not understanding, is more like, you've found, I think, your footing. This is this is what you want S. Reedy to be, and this is what we can probably expect going forward, um, if not any anything crazier, because, I mean, obviously, every, every album's always just a, a, a bookmark in everyone's lives, but, um, I mean, see your album came out sick, and I'm stoked to see what's, what comes next. What else you got in your wheelhouse to follow this up?
1: Thank you, dude. Well, I'm playing a lot. I'm starting to get back in the studio and write some stuff. Um I really wish I could share with you like this concept I have for this record if it if it works out. I I'll tell you later, but like I'm a lot of ideas and uh and so there's a lot more that's coming. And I'm just going to do it till the wheels fall off anyway. So, you know, if anyone's interested in following along, it'll be a it'll be a lifelong uh, story. So, <laughs>
0: Um, and then also while I have you on, uh, like like I mentioned uh, earlier in the, the episode kind of the start, uh, you were featured on um, the Limp Wizards album file for the song Plastic Moan. Uh, I got to say, like, that song with you on there is fucking 10 out of 10. Uh, you, like, you kill oh, it on yeah. there. So just I, if for whatever reason, you know, you don't find a you don't know what to do for the next album, you can always switch over, do like this fucking sick ass punk rock album. And you, you still fucking got it, dude.
1: Dude, I was telling uh, – yeah, I was just telling a homie in Dallas uh, at my shows yesterday that I was just like, man, one day I might just do it. One day I might shift to hardcore, man. It might happen. Maybe – especially if, like, it ever gets to the point where I completely give up on my dreams, that especially I'm going to hardcore. Exactly. <laughs> when everything – when my completely exhausted and can't even think about uh trying to be a famous rapper anymore just going straight in to just yelling for the rest of my life so <laughs> well, i mean you don't even kay. if
0: you wanted to like mix it up i remember little wayne did that one like kind of rock and roll album and then he kind of yeah. shifted back to his perhaps so. yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um but i mean now we're going to kind of, before we fully transition to the later half of this episode, obviously the Spears bands, you don't have to be drinking on these episodes because I will definitely do that for you. But I know you have a nice ice cold, maybe ice cold, I have no idea you're, you're how many thousands of miles away, uh, but you have a beverage in front of you. What are you drinking on this fine Sunday night?
1: I'm then obsessed with Minchello LaCroix. LaCroix is like, so like, here's the, here's the thing, here's what i say about sparkling water. So I don't drink, I'm straight edge. This is like a super like straight edge thing to be drinking, but like mostly because people like are recovering from like being alcoholics or something, and then they switch to like the kordikat. I just forced myself to like it, like <laughs> and like I said, like I was saying about sparkling water is most people like. There's a big anti sparkling water community who thinks disgusting and gross, and horrible, and I'm gonna absolutely tell them that they're feeling valid. This is like a disgusting thing. <laughs> no reason to be drinking this but i don't know i stopped drinking like soda and stuff and then i realized that this is just literally water and like it just feels a little more special than water i just forced myself to like it so uh but yeah the limoncello one specifically super i just can't stop i just i'll drink 10 of these a day like i have five left in my fridge no shot that it makes it two days like no shot
0: uh yeah I think I'm one of those people I I think I've tried to drink a LaCroix once and it's just I don't know I just couldn't get into it and like I just can't do like the sparkling waters I guess uh which is really funny because like for this episode I'm like I'm drinking seltzers um but I feel like it's it's just not the same um so it's a little bit easier to drink these than it is to drink I think the sparkling waters
1: yeah back when I was a drinker well I mean I was never even a drinker I've never even been drunk. even at the times that I did partake in alcohol. I didn't even, like, uh, get drunk or, like, you know, ever experience, like, the the meaning behind the alcohol, I suppose. But I was always just, like, a PBR Bud Light guy anyway. So, like, this experience, this experience is not that much different, you know, <laughs> and it's just water. So, like, you know, I, I think that that's really gravitate towards it <laughs> yeah
0: uh yeah like i mentioned i'm just drinking trulis on this episode uh it's fucking pretty muggy out today so i figured i'd dra- drink something a little bit tropical feeling yeah. especially i mean it sounds like you drink yeah so i got a nice watermelon breeze and then a passion fruit that i've been drinking um wish i was on a beach and not in this room in minnesota but what
1: are you gonna do what's the weather like in minnesota right now?
0: uh today was probably like 80 uh i also have no ac in my house so it's just kind of muggy uh which kind
1: of sucks so it gets up to how hot how's the hottest it gets there
0: uh, it, uh a couple weeks ago it was like 94 at least okay. i think it's supposed to hit 90 in the next couple days and then uh august late july august is usually probably like our shittiest time cuz it'll probably hit at least 100 with humidity at one point
1: Wow, that's crazy! I didn't know it gets that hot up there. I'll I
2: want
1: a cold place. I hate Oklahoma heat, and it doesn't snow here enough. Mm. So maybe one day in the woods. But it sounds like your summer can get just as bad as ours.
0: Yeah, and then winters are just, you know, shit. Uh, so
1: that's what I, I've needed that so bad. I need just like <laughs> unwalkable, undrivable like freezing cold. That's what I need. Like at least six months a year.
0: <laughs> well, the the shitty thing is, uh since you know, like everyone's so used to it, even though we all have like a crazy blizzard happen, everywhere's all all places are still open and the plows are just out anyways. So it's just like
1: oh, <laughs> that's exactly what I want. You're see, you're describing my paradise. You don't even know it. Like that's what I want.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll have to do like a a, a person swap uh exchange student program or something and you can come exactly. check it out oh yeah um uh, but now we're kind of get going to get into the the later half of these episodes which are always my favorite part of the episodes uh obviously you know this how this goes this is where we talk about some fun stories from your time in music whether they're you know shoot shows tours uh time recording um as i normally say they can be anything horrendous or tremendous or any adjective in between
2: yeah
1: dude dude I'm was always so nervous for this part. I'm so boring, dude. Like I, I don't have anything interesting to talk about. Like I've had a few experiences, but like they're really not that. So okay, the one thing that has happened, the one thing that has come to my mind when I was the, this, this is the thing I feel like. And maybe I could think of some more. But uh what I I did this show in Tulsa in like 2018. I was opening for this DJ named Time. And shout out to Ch- chime he's sick um but i I guess I wasn't I was kind of performing with him, regardless I'm like it's like a rave, it's like a real like it's like not my environment really at all it's like a rave, and uh so everyone's like hella on Molly and acid and everything. I end up stage diving at this show, which is not something I guess people are like super used to, but they thought was like tight um and so I like stage dived da, at. Da, da, da get back on stage this is like a real like barricaded like backstage event too because chimes like a pretty big dj and um regardless and so like i walk out like after the set and everything and this girl comes up to me with like this tooth missing and was like dude you kicked me in the face
2: and like my tooth is gone i was like oh i'm so sorry no." it was sick and
1: then (laughs) a big hug and i was like oh my goodness this is not like (laughs) i have never seen this woman again and i just i don't know how this story ends like i'm sure that she was on like an insurmountable amount of drugs to just be completely okay with me to literally kick her teeth out (laughs) But, like, I don't know. I just never heard about this again. I was, like, I literally was, like, scared that at some point that, like, I don't know, like, if she was, like, young enough, maybe her parents would want to sue me. Or, like, eventually she would, like, want to, like, take some sort of, like, leave. I was, like, that was an anxiety thing for a while that I, like, kicked this chick's tooth out. Uh And I just didn't know how, like, you know. But I it's been five years now, so I hope I'm out of the woods on that one. Yeah, point. this
0: should be far enough with the statue of limitations, right? For kicking someone's <laughs> to that. I think you
1: should be good. Right. There's no way they can come at me at this point. That's, like, the one super wild thing, dude. Limp Wizards, dude, that episode like two hours because they literally have <laughs> infinite stories. Like, dude, you probably did not even hear a fourth of them. Like, they yeah. literally always somehow end up at a house or, like, just people with, like, ten children. Like, it's just, like, they yeah. literally have insane stories. And when we go on tour together, I make sure that that does not. <laughs> so like, I don't yeah. have stories like that.
0: No, dude, you're good. Cause like, I, like I, 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 I toured a little bit and like, I always felt too, like, Oh, I don't have like any cool stories. And someone told me like, Hey, if you don't have like any crazy shitty stories to talk about, just take that as a feeling that your tour went the way it was supposed to. Yeah. And you guys did <laughs> good. Uh, but yeah, with, when I sat down with Limp Wizards and their stories progressively got fucking weirder with the amount of people that they were staying with, like, I know those dudes are probably listening to this episode, and I just gotta say fucking do background checks or something at this point. Like, this is, that's insane. <laughs> if, if no one knows what we're talking about, go listen to that episode. Uh, because they just stay with the weirdest fucking people. Um, Oh my god!
1: Um, yeah, we're doing a run together in Colorado, um, August fourth and fifth. I guess this is this that'll be before the episode comes out. But uh, yeah, I'm always keeping them in line, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm always I'm the one doing the background checks and doing it. But yeah, their stuff is crazy. Uh, you know, another one that I can think of right now. Uh, I won't name the city just because that it. it might give away who this person i don't know i really don't know this person but there was one city that um we didn't have a place to stay me and the, me and my merch guy at the time um we didn't have a place to stay and so on stage i kind of hit the classic like hey if anyone has a couch we can crash." uh this lady comes up to us after the show she's like yeah i totally got you it was like we we're like sick all right we- well like after the show like She's like, yeah, can you just give me a ride to my place? We're like, sure. And I guess because she Ubered there. At some point on the way to this woman's house, we realized that she is smashed. Like, she is completely drunk and gone. Like, and we're kind of like a little uneasy by that. And then we show up to her place. Turns out she lives by herself. This is just starting to, like, feel, like, really bad, you know? Yeah. And, uh... So she's like, ah, she's just so out of it. She's like, let's watch a movie. We're like, okay, that sounds chill. Movie's cool. And so she puts on Deadpool. I remember she put on Deadpool. And like three minutes into the movie, this woman gets up, walks away and is like, I'm going to go to bed. And she like, she takes off her pants in front of us, goes over to the bed, just doesn't even get in the bed, just plops down half her body and she's passed out. And me and my merch guy at the time we're looking at each other, like I am, this is very not okay. And I'm very uncomfortable. And I'm not even positive that she's going to know that two men are in her house when she wakes up with her (laughs) hands hanging off this bed. It was like, literally like it was like a comedy movie or something, how horrible this was unfolding. And luckily we had a homie named Corey. Shout out to Corey. He lived like four hours away, and it's already like 1 a.m. But we're like, dude, can we like come crash your place? He was living the place we're going to play the next day anyway. And we're like, dude, can we like please? I know we're not gonna get there till like 5:30 a.m. But like, we're just in this messed up situation. Please. And luckily, Corey just let us come through. He just stayed up. Till like 5:30 a.m., let us in this place, let us crash. But that was crazy. And then, to cap all this off, we didn't realize until like 3 p.m. the next day <laughs> that she had left her purse in our car. And so we're so now her purse, her phone, patient, thing in our car, like four hours away. And there was like one person that had called her phone like 50 times call this person and then yeah long story short we end up telling them where they are where we are they come all the way to the next show and they come to our next show too <laughs> they kind of come to show, and it was just so weird because she was like embarrassed from like what happened the night before and like luckily she just like remembered what happened because <laughs> like i said i wasn't sure that she yeah. would get this a- uh and it ended up being everything ended up being okay we're all like We're all like I don't really know them very well, but they still like follow me and support like what I'm doing stuff. And so like at least everything's up okay. And like, but that was like so frightening and so (laughs) did not think that I'd end up in that situation. Like I never thought I'd end up in a situation like that. But yeah, so that's that's like I think those are like my two that are pretty wild. So
0: I don't know if I've told this story recently, and it's been one that. It's for sure been on my mind with, I, I think even since like the Limp Wizards episode, but, um, and I don't think I've said it since then, but uh, I think it was like the first tour I did, me and my friends were all probably like 20, 19 to 20. Like we didn't really drink. If we did, we didn't drink as much as we would end up drinking with our band. Um, and we were on this run. And we had like a long haul between like North Dakota going to Missouri or something like that. And we were like, well, we, we can either try and do this whole run by itself or we can try and find a place to stay. And somehow we ended up staying in like Kearney, Nebraska. And I don't know if it was someone in the band knew him, knew the guy that we were going to stay with, or it was a like a friend of a friend that like hooked us up and like got us a place to stay at this guy's house. And like we got there and like, like I said, we're all like 19, 20. I think our drummer was maybe like 18 Um like we didn't really drink we were more like hey like we're broke as shit like we have we have like our instant cup of noodles that we're gonna like make in your microwave and then probably just pass the fuck out and these guys had have been like at least i'm gonna say like 23 to 26 like they were definitely older than us and like they like were drinking a lot and we're like okay yeah this is like nothing crazy like you know we've all been to diy shows or whatever but Finally, like, we're like, okay, like, we're gonna pass out, like, we're gonna go to bed. They start like dying off and like going to bed. And then, like, the next morning at like seven in the morning, at seven or eight in the morning, like, the sun's barely even up. Someone's at the front door, just pounding, like, ah, pounding so hard on this door. We're like, all of us are asleep downstairs, and we're like, we're all kind of like just trying to ignore it because one, it's not our house, it's not our responsibility. What the fuck is going on? Um and finally, like I think I got up and might have like went to the door and the lady was like it was like some one of their girlfriends, but she was like, Is so-and-so here? And I was like, Yeah, well, where is he? I'm like, probably fucking sleeping. It's eight in the morning. Well, can you get him? So I have to walk up this house to the second floor to this guy's room, be like, Yo, your girlfriend's here, apparently. And like he was like trying to tell me something to say. I was like, dude, just she's been pounding on the door for like 30 minutes you go fucking talk to her like it was i don't know why i've been wanting to talk about that one because now it doesn't sound as crazy but like just the whole like she pa- straight up was pounding on that door for at least a half oh hour.
1: that's so nuts
0: and everyone oh, in that house oh. that lived there was so passed out that they didn't even want to deal with it or hear it and we were stuck dealing with it because we were sleeping in the kitchen well like, is- not kitchen but
1: living oh. room so the fact that like he, like, relayed a message to you. To just yeah, he go. wanted to, and I
0: was like, dude, like, can you just go talk to her? Like, she's been pounding right. on the door.
1: Just because that, like, just the fact that you have to be this middle person goes back and forth just because yeah. you have like, sleeping on their floor is nuts. That's so funny.
0: I felt like a kid again trying to talk, like, having to be the middleman man between mom and yeah. dad as they were fighting.
1: That is nuts. Oh, <laughs>
0: But other than that, like, I was also in the same thing where, like, most of our stories were pretty tame. Like, uh, we never really had anywhere, like, really shitty that we stayed at, like, like Limp Wizards, like we talked about. Uh, we've gotten pretty fortunate with with people that would let us stay. I, I remember there was this one time where um, our singer kind of did, like, this, it was funny, but also kind of dickish move to, like, this one girl that was going to let us stay at her place. She, like, because he did the normal thing where he, he got up on the stage and was like, hey, can... Can yeah. anyone house like six dudes or whatever? And someone said, "Yeah." And, and so we were talking, and uh, and he just goes, "Do y'all got Wi-Fi or no?" And she, I don't think she, they did, because she was like, I think if I remember correctly, she was like living with her grandma. Uh, and we were, like, we're gonna find somewhere else to stay. Like we appreciate <laughs> it, but we, we're gonna find somewhere else.
1: That's funny. But, yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah i mean like those two stories i mean the kicking out that chick tooth is actually just awesome in hindsight but like the other what that the second story i told is like literally like it felt like a horror movie like it just felt so uncomfortable and bad and like oh yeah. really, like like i was getting set up it felt crazy but uh like luckily like the stories being like the craziest ones and the last like seven well i'm traveled in some capacity for like six or so years really just like 19 2022 20, like because after the pandemic so it was like 2019 i toured a lot and then like 2022 and then like three or like really like the times i've been t- doing a lot of shows so for all those shows with those being the two craziest stories i have done a pretty good job and like yeah 95 percent of the things go uh pretty swimmingly i will leave you with this though so this will be my last one because because this actually is pretty decent. It involves Limp Wizards, so it's all in the family. We're all coming full circle because they t- got, cause they talked to you about their performance at Norman Music Festival this year, um, and like that. And I, I'm glad that they got into the Norman Festival and how great it was. I got to play the main stage this year, which was really amazing uh, and a dream of mine since I was like 13 years old. Which so that was pretty sick. And it, even though it rained the whole time, and there was only like a few hundred people there when there's normally like uh, something, but like everyone said, the rain made it sick. Regardless, that's not. What so Limp performed the next day. Yes, big outdoor kind of headlining type of spot, and um, it was really tight because they mentioned that like they had broke a string and that like you know like someone was getting them another string busted cover. It was a really special moment and I really love what Jeff said about how they couldn't lose that night. Like that night really was theirs. They were incredible, but like I run on stage, that cover with them and uh, all Olymp's fans know me stuff too. And so like they were all going crazy seeing me on stage and let's that. Like we we're going to do our song together. It was about to get wild. Um, and at one point, so after some song, so I just stay on stage after that cover because we were doing that cover together but they still had like four or so songs left, but I just stay on stage. Cause whatever, we're just having a crazy good time. And at some point after some song, I, uh, Taylor was like, I really want to thank Sean because he helped write and produce a lot of the record. Da-da-da-da. And then like, there was some just joke, like, yeah, I wrote the whole thing. Taylor's just the sex appeal. I was really the one who wrote the record and we're just joking about Taylor being sexy or whatever. I was like, who thinks Taylor should get naked? And then, uh, everyone cheered and i'm starting to know that taylor was always, already very nervous for the show and uh i realized that maybe i was making it worse <laughs> and so i was like i was like well you know what i've never taken my shirt off on stage ever actually so maybe this is the time so i put it on me <laughs> i decided i was gonna put it on me and so whatever i'll take off my shirt i don't freaking care but like, it was funny because i never had up until that point at the sweatiest, hottest shows, I've never taken off my shirt. Cause I just, I don't know. I like clothes. I like just being, even like you see, like I'm wearing like long sleeve today. It's like a hundred degrees outside. I still, I just like being close. Um, but I'm wearing overalls. The show. so to take my shirt off, I have to like undo the overalls, tie them right here. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, so I take off, like, my favorite – I don't know if you listen to Drug Church. I take off my favorite Drug Church hoodie. I wear this thing all the time. And, but at some point, I throw it out to the crowd. I really assumed I was going to get it back. No shot. Like, it was oh. like – it was like maybe five to 600 people at this show. And I was like, dude, if I caught this hoodie at a show, I, there's no way I'm giving it back. Why would you do that? So I did, saw that again. But <laughs> – I'm like also trying to like keep up my overalls this whole time, this whole show. I'm trying to keep up my overalls. Uh and by the end of the show, I'm like, I so at the end we do plastic moan last. And it's like the craziest circle pit I've ever seen in my life going under. I like had the crowd open. I was like, open up the pit. Don't close the pit till till I start singing. And it like it opens huge. And I'm thinking everyone laps into it. For some reason, everyone just started like, circling. it was like, it was like a hurricane in the crowd, like a few hundred people just running around. It was wild. I couldn't believe it. And then they all come to the front and it was like this, like by the end, it was this perfect moment. And I jump out into the crowd. I'm, I'm crowd surfing. And when I hop back on stage, my overalls, the tie, the knot just gives out and my pants just completely fall off. And I just have my hands up like this. And I'm like completely down to my boxers in front of like 600 people. All because I just made like a joke. Like who wants to see Taylor get naked? Like all of that led up to losing my drug church hoodie. I was wearing a HERS collective t-shirt, which I love. That's gone forever now. And I unintentionally got completely naked. In front of like 600 people, all because I made a stupid joke about how Taylor sex the band and he should get naked. <laughs> I to take it off him and put it on me. So, like, that was that's the last semi crazy story I have for that. But that's I don't know, it was such a chaotic moment, and I'll remember it fondly forever. <laughs> and then, even mm-hmm. that late night, they did the later night set that like I showed up and did a couple of vocals on a few of the songs for. And just in the spirit everything, I got completely naked at that show, too. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I think that one is actually recorded, and I think it's on their, their YouTube. Because I, I I feel like I've watched a video during Classic Moan, and I see the circle
1: pit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not like a super great video. It's pretty grainy. But yeah, that circle pit, yeah. you can see it. It's nuts. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> And it was just so big. I just never seen a circle pit that big before. And like I said, when they opened it up, I just thought they were all going to close in. I don't know who started just like running around. I don't know who that was or like I've never seen just a circle pit have like I because I was initiating it as the person on stage, and I was just expecting them to close. I don't know. It's just so funny that I guess somebody just started circling, and I guess what followed them. I don't know. Right. But yeah. I, I, all that i'm glad that that's documented <laughs>
0: uh no yeah it, it's awesome that those moments are documented uh not only to uh relive them at a later date but also for everyone that's just listening to that story to go see and watch it and see that circle pit because i know when i watched it i was like damn that's a lot of fucking people uh pitting like doing a circle play right now like that's fucking awesome um but i mean what Norman Music Festival from the videos I've seen in the way you know you've talked about it Limboser talked about it uh, that's that's an amazing thing that like gets to happen uh, for you guys community and you know I, I see. I see more and more of like things like that kind of popping up in different communities and it's something that definitely needs to keep keep going and keep building because uh, the nice thing is it showcases a lot of what a lot of the talent that you guys have in, in that area um where you know you have some music festivals that just bring in a bunch of people that aren't even from there um so that's the nice thing i feel like with that festival is it you know it gives everyone a platform to showcase what's going on in that scene
1: absolutely well it showcases local talent It show i mean and they bring in like international people that like have a semi-decent following as well and like what's wonderful about it, I mean, like, the festival being just, like, an all-inclusive thing it might be, like, some people's first time ever in a mosh pit is to have freaking limp wizards, like, that's, like, you know what I mean, like, yeah, um, and it, it might be the first time I ever see somebody crowd surf or stand on a crowd or, like, you know, punch people in the face, and, like, it's someone from their hometown doing this, and I think, and then they, might realize later on that like you don't have to be freaking post Malone or freaking, you know, Blink182 to like be involved in this type of music. And like it's even more special when you do know the people that are involved with it. So um I agree with you. Like just the other day I did this show that I came on at we did a couple songs together again. And uh there was this like I could just tell like a lot of the kids there were young. And so I like who here has never stayed though before. And this kid, like, raises his hand, like, get up. And just said the end of Plastic Moan. Like, I just had him do, like, a big crowd surf. And he, like, was really thankful for that. And it's, like, sick that we're, like, like are able to give people those opportunities in Norman, Oklahoma. You know? Like, these things can happen anywhere. And so I agree. I I do think that, like, you know, Norman Music Fest is awesome for Norman. And then, like, you know, other places that have community, you know, events like that, that, like, people could really be introduced to and. Get their lives changed by I think it's really important too. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I mean, other than that though, Sean like 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 I've said multiple times throughout this, Secret Album is sick. Uh I mean you can fucking kill it on it and I hope everyone else goes and checks it out. Um like if anyone's looking for secret album, uh S d merch music or just you in general where can they find
1: it? Oh S 3 dot um, that's dot com, And you can find me on, uh, on just any social media at S D O T R E I D Y S dot. Um, when you spell it in a uh, freaking Spotify and everything, it's a real dot. When you spell it on social media, it's a D O T. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's everything, dude. Thank you so much for having me on. This was sick.
0: Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for reaching out and, and, uh, finally doing this um everyone that's listening whether you you know found this episode on facebook instagram twitter uh threads or you watched the youtube version and got to see sean's lovely face like i did all night uh make sure you check the description below hit those hyperlinks go follow uh sean s reedy on all the platforms and stay up to date for you know new music uh new show tour dates coming up because i mean i like i like i've said i can't wait to see what else you have in this wheelhouse um and what you do next to follow up secret album um whether it's secret secret album or whatever you do i'm sure it's gonna be fucking sick
1: dude thank you i have to come up your way sometime i got a lot of stuff cooking up so yeah everyone who follows me i'm trying to get trying to expand the tour route further uh by the even by the end of the year but definitely next year yeah thank you
0: fuck yeah uh well other than that One last big thank you to Sean uh, for stopping by the podcast and uh, I'll catch everyone on the next episode. See ya.
2: I think you really made a mess of things Pocket full of posy And your cabinet's full of wedding rings You never found philosophy Whether it's God, whether it's hot Whether in a field with ecstasy Oh! You need to find yourself You need to find yourself You need to find yourself Boy! You need to find yourself You need to find yourself You need to find yourself Authentic never kept me fed The context keeps me honest, left me bleeding where I bled I go outside to find the words to say, it's never failed me yet And sometimes just the sunshine keeps away the voice that wants me dead They think I owe a masculinity More than less and less than not I close my ears and let it be a motive Can't quantify it in the long term But feelings staying measured widely Sitting how your heart burns Starting a note every step oh. but the Bible before death oh. for angels to break me get piece of the pie Robinson told me to look at the sky I'm severe and I'm feeling alright oh. My endeavors they never will die oh. And I will see you through it all The lights are on the curtain's call I think you really made a mess of things Pocket full of posy and your cabinets full of wedding rings You never found philosophy Whether it's God, whether it's hot whether In a field with ecstasy Oh, you need to find yourself You need to find yourself You need to find yourself Boy, you need to find yourself You need to find yourself You need to find yourself yourself. I'm fully aware of what the world brings and I never even wanted all the finer things and yet I still keep feeling thanks and yet I still keep feeling no, no, no.